Only in Bologna, yelled the headline in the Carlino. It certainly seemed extraordinary for a respected university professor stepping out of the opera house on a balmy July night, arm in arm with his wife, to meet his death at the hands of one of the drug addicts who habitually shared the portico with concertgoers. But this was Bologna, and only in Bologna, famous for reconciling the irreconcilable, Luxembourgish wealth and red politics, meat-rich cuisine and ethical dining, cultural highs with the very visible degradations of the heroin trade around Piazza Verdi. Could an incident like this occur, according to the Carlino at any rate? The tabloid's outrage dial set to max. I lowered the newspaper and watched my dog make his way methodically up the gravel path that led through the woods towards the church of San Michele in Bosco. Moving between the trash cans like the Stations of the Cross, even though he and me both knew it was an act, woolly-haired, chocolate-coloured Legato Romagnolo Rufus, an Italian breed prized for its truffle-hunting abilities, had no discernible sense of smell, and was simply imitating the behaviour of other canines. Rufus may not have been able to sniff out prized fungi, but he damn well knew how to fake it. Although there was currently no need for play-acting, it was barely seven in the morning, and we were alone, save for the soar of the cicadas and the heat that had settled like a blanket across the city and only been partly kicked away during the night. Inside what remained of its walls, Bologna's red brick was still warm to the touch, and as the sun continued its daily passage, an acrid edge would begin to emanate from the old buildings, until around dusk it would seem like the only thing missing from the sighing streets was floating ash— but for the moment, following Rufus into the woods among the rosemary, mint, and sage that had run wild since generations of monks had cultivated this hillside, I enjoyed the kind of fragrance people came to Italy on holiday for. Magari, I said to myself, I wish. Lovely though it may have been, my Italy was not up here among the summer herbs. It was down there, in the smouldering city. At least most mornings. We emerged, the pair of us, panting onto the bare hillside beneath the ancient rose bulk of San Michele, with Bologna, La Rossa, laid out below, a view that, were it not for the tubular cream Kenzo Towers on the horizon marking the Fiera district, had remained unchanged in half a millennia. I sat on the first bench along, I like to picture myself as one of those old monks when I came up here, perhaps taking a pause from tending the vines they had once cultivated on this hillside, the mineral-rich soil of Emilia beneath my fingernails. But this morning, for all my proximity to history, the past felt hopelessly out of reach. I took a swig of mineral water before removing Rufus's bowl from my daughter Rose's multicoloured Fedez rucksack, which had now been handed down to the dog and filling it up. Despite his summer haircut, Rufus fell upon the bowl as if it were a sparkling pool in an oasis. I checked my watch, then produced my phone, initiating the appropriate app. As if on cue I heard a dog barking, watched it race excitedly past. Rufus raised his head from the bowl, his woolly jowls dripping, before turning uncannily human eyes upon me. No. I said. There was barking from the other side of the path. Sure enough, the first dog, a kind of fluffy fawn-coloured corgi breed, had met its playmate, 
a puppyish-looking German shepherd. Together they tore down the hill, then back up again. Rufus gave me another look. Go on, then. He went after them, creating a proper doggy posse. Meanwhile, the corgi's owner, a sandy-haired woman with the lingering whiff of a little too much perfume, crossed to meet the German shepherds. The handsome, fit-looking older fellow, free of any hint of grey, stood at a bench dead centre of the hill. They engaged in a prolonged, passionate kiss, before luring down and continuing their embrace more intensely, I had to say, than usual. But then this was probably buona vacanza. Although Pasquale Grande would be working in Bologna right up until August, Laura Guerrera had no option but to take the children to her late mother's old house in the countryside, near La Spezia, in case her husband became suspicious. In a sense, I was happy my firm, Fidete Investigations, had been hired by Pasquale's wife to spy on them.